0: Father, thank you for your word, and I just pray this morning that you'd come by the power of your spirit and just bring it to life for us today. In your mercy, speak to each of us where we are. Amen. So we've had the challenge in that reading to pay careful attention to what we've heard so we don't drift away. I wonder what your reaction is when someone holds out a challenge to you or tries to give you an instruction. Some people will lap it up, don't they? You know, like life's great learners. They kind of almost enjoy being told new things all the time and what to do. The super mature of us will take it on the chin and the wise will weigh it up but I'm ashamed to say that often in me, a defensive little rebel rears its head, and I dig my heels in, and I'm slightly offended and affronted that someone is giving me an instruction, and stubbornly, I often want to ignore it. Of course, there are many variables, aren't there, in these situations, like who's giving the instruction, What's it actually about? Uh, what side of the bed did I wake up in that morning? You know, am I in a good mood? But my suspicion is that many of us in West London are quite uh, fiercely independent; that we need to loosen our grip on our pride before we can hear instructions from others. Well, if you're a little bit like me, hold on to your seat because this series is based on some of the instructions that the writer to the Hebrews gives us. But bear with it because you're going to discover that the writer delivers the instructions not with a ticking off, not with a message of you must try harder, not with further rules on how to live life, but by painting a fresh vision of Jesus. And in fact, it's this vision of Jesus who loves us so deeply, who says to us, my burden is easy and my yoke yoke is easy, my burden is light. This Jesus who one day will meet us face to face. It's this vision of Jesus out of which all the instructions in the book flow. And I guess for me, I've been praying that um, out of this lockdown now, wouldn't it be wonderful if each of us came out of it with a fresher vision of Jesus, a brighter, clearer picture of who Jesus is, because it's utterly transformative when a fresh vision of Jesus is before us. Now, the book of Hebrews is a bit of a wake-up call. Um, It is saying to us, keep your eyes fixed on this Jesus. And we all need that wake-up call because there are so many things that happen in life that mean that our focus easily drifts away from Jesus and onto other things. One preacher said it uh, quite uh, beautifully. He said this, he said, Hebrews is a tonic to the spiritually debilitated, An exhortation to the spiritually struggling, and a challenge to the spiritually complacent. And yet, its overall aim is to encourage each one of us by reminding us that Jesus is greater than anything. That it's worth sticking with Jesus. Now, in some ways, the book of Hebrews is a little bit mysterious. There's a lot we don't know about it. We don't know who wrote it. We don't know who it was written to. And we don't know on what occasion it was written for. But we do know some things. We know that the author assumed that the readers had a really good understanding of the Jewish faith. And we know that its message is very clear. It says that Jesus is totally supreme, that nothing compares to Jesus. And the superiority or the betterness of Jesus comes over 13 different times in the book. It's very likely that the author was addressing perhaps people who were a little bit disillusioned with following Jesus. They were perhaps asking, is it it worth the trouble to follow him? And it's very likely that some of those people were drifting back to old ways, perhaps back to their old religions, and were generally giving up. And so the author's desperately wanting to remind them that actually they're on the winning side spiritually, that they just need to take a fresh look at Jesus. Because after all, if we're going to stake our lives on Jesus, then we do need to be sure, don't we? We need to be sure of who Jesus is. And of course, something incredible happens when we have a fresh vision of Jesus in front of our eyes. It means that we can indeed cope with the pressures of life that come upon us. You see, it's as we step back from life's pressures and we let Jesus fill our horizon, sharpen our priorities and dominate our experience, that things for us begin to change. I wonder if you've experienced that, I wonder if that's part of your testimony, that actually as you've looked afresh at Jesus, your perspective has changed, things in you get changed, you're lifted out of the present moment, of the present pressures surrounding you, and you're lifted to what's beyond, to God's help and God's peace. It's been a super tough week, hasn't it? Really tough in many ways for many of us. But there's something incredible when we stop and place the things we cannot control into Jesus' loving hands that happens. For our anxious thoughts get stilled and our feet get steadied. I took a a walk with one person from our church, socially distanced around uh, the park um, a few days back. And as we were walking, we were sharing some of our sort of, I guess, a little bit of anxiety over our parenting, how we were doing with that at this time. And we were sort of sharing some of our our different struggles in that and being honest with each other. And as we walked, uh, the dear person walking... And she just, as we walked, she just started praying out truths of who Jesus was. And she proclaimed Jesus as king and that Jesus loved our children and that Jesus was with us in this. And she just started declaring the truth of who Jesus was. And it transformed how we felt and how we were in that conversation and lifted our focus onto Jesus And wouldn't you love to grow in being the people whose focus is on Jesus more and more during this season? And so we here, we find ourselves in Hebrews, and the writer is painting this picture of Jesus. The writer tells us that Jesus is better than the angels. The writer is going to go on and tell us that Jesus is better than Moses. Moses represented the prophets. And then he's going to go on and tell us that Jesus is better than Aaron, who represented the priests. But in our passage today, he's saying Jesus is better than the angels. I wonder what we would need to say in West London today. What would we need to declare that Jesus is better than? We might want to say Jesus is better as good as these things are. We might want to say that Jesus is better than money, that Jesus is better than new and interesting experiences, uh, that Jesus is better than fine wine. Uh, Maybe on the chat, what, what would you want to declare that Jesus is better than? Jesus is better anything what do we need to declare in west london today that jesus is better than and perhaps if you're on zoom you can put some things in the chat But for those listening to this passage right now in the book of Hebrews, they just needed to know for a moment that Jesus was better than the angels. Maybe in that time, the angels were really important in the Jewish faith. They were incredible beings that were around the throne of God. They came as messengers to God's people. And they might have been tempted to think that Jesus was just like another angel And so the writer just really needs to quickly address that and say to them, Jesus is even better than the angels. Jesus is superior to anything and everything. Yes, angels are great, but Jesus is even better. And so he says four things, and we're just really quickly going to look at those Verses five to six, the writer says, Jesus is the son, he's the firstborn, he's the utter supreme being. The angels worship him. Verses 7 to 9, they say Jesus is the king. He has an everlasting kingdom. The angels are just mere messengers of that kingdom. In verses 10 to 12, it says Jesus is the creator that we admire. In an ever-changing world, Jesus remains the same and lives forevermore. And in verses 13 to 14, Jesus has a position of authority that the angels do not have jesus sits on the throne he is co-ruler with the father and the spirit he sits on the throne the angels are just the ones sent to serve and although we might not be in danger of thinking angels are better than jesus We are in danger of often in our actions and our weakness and our lethargy and our apathy and our tiredness to things before Jesus from time to time, if we're honest. And we too just need to be brought back to that picture of who Jesus is, that he is the utter supreme one, that he is the king of the kingdom of God, that he is everlasting, that he is the creator that we admire, that he is the alpha and the omega. He was there at the beginning. He's there forevermore. He sits on the throne and one day every knee will bow. Jesus is the best. And so the writer goes on and as we enter those first few verses of chapter 2, he says, you've heard this message, you know who Jesus is. You know the salvation that Jesus has won for you, that he invites you to be part of the kingdom of God with him. Don't forget that message that you have heard, and you've heard it from eyewitnesses, and you know the written accounts of the signs and wonders that were brought about to show who this Jesus was. And as we head through this series in hebrews i just um had this word god gave me uh, quite a while ago now of this need to sort of be increasingly intentional in my christian faith if i'm going to grow with god and um being intentional in our faith isn't about all of us are following exactly the same rule or pattern, you know like the vicar says, right I'm reading through I'm trying to read through the, the New Testament in three months, so I think all of you guys should read through the te- New Testament in three months, no like for some of you you need to read the Old Testament because you haven't read it before, some of you need to just spend loads of time just meditating and being in the Gospels and reading them slowly because we're all in different kind of places on different journeys with God in our faith being intentional isn't about us all doing the same thing but being intentional means very deliberately thinking about how is Jesus going to be at the forefront of our lives how are we going to focus on Jesus and you see drifting away from Jesus often happens quite slowly you know if you think about um I don't know, just putting like a little mattress out on a lake and letting the gentle current take it out to the centre of the lake. Drifting is something that happens sort of slowly. You almost don't notice it. And that's why it's so incredibly dangerous. Because often we're so unaware of our drifting away. And you know, it's going to take... A real deliberate focus on our part, not to drift from Jesus. It's one of the reasons we do gather as church, and in this this weird time we're gathering online as church, but it's one of the reasons we do it week in, week out, because we have a moment each week to go, all right, I'm going to refocus on Jesus. Where have I drifted in the last week? And actually, I need other people to remind me. I need the rhythm of that and the routines of that in my life, because actually none of us are immune from drifting from Jesus. And the author's just desperately going, don't, because Jesus is better than anything. Don't let yourselves drift. Don't lose focus on Jesus. Jesus is amazing. And however rubbish this season is, um, and for some of us it's really bleak, you need to know that Jesus is with you. And I want to encourage you so much today just to refocus on him. And we need the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us right now to give us the grace to stay focused on him and not to drift. But also perhaps for some of us to give us ideas, really practical ideas of what does that look like? and talking about it with others can be so helpful. I started talking to the PCC about this idea of I wanna talk more about what it means to be intentional and, um, and I was sharing that idea with them and then uh, this was a few months back, I had to meet one of them in the building so we were looking at um, the quinquennial inspection and we were just talking about the building and it was Peter that I met and Peter said, Nicola you've been saying be intentional so let's just pray as we start this conversation. And he just prayed as we started the conversation. Let's bring Jesus right into the quinquennial inspection of the church. But what is it? Let's bring Jesus in the start of our conversation as we have coffee in the park. Let's bring Jesus at the forefront of everything. And we need each other's help in that. And most of all, we need the Holy Spirit to help us. So should we just uh, pray right now and invite the Holy Spirit to minister to us where where we are this morning?